Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I'm joined by Coach David Houle. David is the winningest high school coach in American history. He and his teams have earned nearly 2,000 victories in basketball, football, baseball, track, and cross country, along with winning 68 state championships and seven national championships. David is a member of the National Sports Hall of Fame and was named by USA Today as the most successful high school coach in America. His athletes were known for their love and support, support towards each other and their opponents and for years of community service. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, David. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you. It's an honor. Can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? Well, obviously I'm passionate about coaching. You know, I, it's something I truly love from the very, my first job my dad gave me at 12 to, you know, I, I'd always be asked, well, aren't you getting like burnt out because you're, I was a head coach for a lot of years of five sports in the same year. So, you know, they, most coaches will be a head coach of one sport, you know, and try to live through it because of the ups and downs and the pressure and but I just, I could never choose. And I just loved it so much. And, 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 and collecting cards my whole life, uh, since I was a little kid, I collected over 200,000 cards and, you know, I, 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 am not very good at golf because, you know, uh, Mark Twain said uh, golf is, uh, uh, a very nice walk ruined because, <laughs> you're gonna, you know, hit you. so I, I don't do anything else, you know, I, um, besides my family and my kids and, you know, I love all of that, but for me, I just, my passion was uh, cards and, and coaching, you know, but I'm a normal guy. I mean, I'm not like do for 24 hours. Do I just watch game film? No, you know, it's just a passion that I have. Can you share with us your journey to become the most winning high school coach in American history? First of all, I was born in Hawaii and uh, in Honolulu, um, and and then my dad uh, <clears throat> was a chemist, a biochemist um, major and doctorate, and he got hired by Dugway Proving Grounds. And back in those days, uh, they, you know, his job was to create, you know, bombs and stuff that would protect us against uh, Russia. It was during the Cold War, and so we were on an army base out by Tooele very guarded, all the way fenced in. When we'd go to games, it would be in a green army bus. And um, it was just just actually insane. Um, but uh, that's a story in itself. But, um, and my mom was an art history major and, and we had 11 brothers and sisters. And so, and, and we had one bathroom and three bedrooms. And oh I, uh, you had to learn, my mom would just teach us how we had to get along, you know? Girls had the bathroom in the morning. Boys had the bathroom at night. And um, you, it, it's just the way it is. And you, you just had to learn to adapt, um, you know, with six boys in a bedroom and four, five girls in a bedroom and um, get along. And so, and that helped us. In fact, I have five other brothers that are all coaches. You know, and they used to, we all used to coach in college. Um, and two of them are still head coaches at universities. And, and that we learned that from my mom and dad, but my mom just taught us, you know, if you're going to do this, you better do it all out. And it better be something that, you know, whatever it is that you love and people can tell that you love it 
Uh, I mean, my mom used to line us up, all 11 of us, and before we went out to school and just kiss us and say, be good, be careful, study hard, mind your teacher and hurry up, kisses and pushes out the door every single day. And so, um, and I asked my dad once, hey, everybody's being drafted and they need coaches. Can, can I coach one of the teams? And my dad looked at my mom and just said, well, we don't have any other options, basically. So we'll let Davey uh, coach. And, and you were 12 was, at the time. Yeah, 12. And I was playing Little League and then coaching the little kids, the, the below us, you know, six and seven-year-olds. And and I absolutely, absolutely loved it. I, I stayed up all night writing it, rewriting their names on my folder, you know, and just dreamed about practice the next day. And, I mean, I went right through my practice because I wanted to hurry up and go to the next field and and I totally, I loved it and I coached it. And, and when I got into high school, the, you know, I was, I would coach the, the ninth grade teams. And when I went to college, um, you know, I, I was running track. I was there to run track and um, cross country. And I actually played football at Dixie College. But I got the coach of the basketball, men's basketball team to let me be his assistant. And we're way, we're, we're talking about 100 years ago. Yeah. And so, uh, and he let me. And so I got to be an assistant on a, in a college on basketball in, in basketball. And, and I thought I was in heaven and it just, and then I ended up becoming a head football coach at 22 years old. I was the youngest head football coach in the state. I think of any sport. And, and when they came out to do an interview and I got the job, believe it or not, four days before the first football game and we were playing the defending state champions. Oh, and they had beaten the team that I was at Milford like 68 to three the year before. And so they were like saying, if you can just keep the game close and, and I'm just, a, you know, I'm just a young coach. They came out the end they said, where's the coach? And they keep pointing, but I was just in shirt and shorts. I didn't have any coaching uniforms at the time. I'm four days away from a game and they couldn't fit. And then finally they go, Oh my gosh, you look like one of the kids. And, and <laughs> the story is, is that I'm getting, I get emails and whatever. Hey, coach, I'm just turning 60. I mean, I, I coach kids that were only three and four years older than me. So that was insane. We actually lost the game, uh, I think, six to seven at their place. And then I just kind of progressed, uh, went on to Carbon, then went to Mountain View, where I start setting the records. But there's nobody, they can say they love sports more than me, but no. They might love it as much, but they don't, you just don't understand my brain. It's my wife just looks at me and just all, still says like, really, who are you? Where are you? Are you from Mars? <laughs> and my brothers, even I, I, I faced my brothers like every year for the state championship. I faced my one brother four times for the state basketball championship, four times. And my parents had to sit right down the middle, you know, and cheer for both of us. And, and so, it, it, I mean, it was crazy. And, I still, even though I retired mostly from coaching, I coach my grandson's team and I coach, uh, I try to give back some of the blessings I've had in my life is, is sharing my knowledge with younger kids. And so I'll still coach young teams and I get into it just as much as, you know, I have parents go, wow, I thought my sixth grader was, you know, just going to go and have a practice once a week. And I'm saying, if I could practice every day, I'd practice every day but they're only in the sixth grade. So anyways, that's, you know, and I just remember, you know, starting to win. I just wanted to win a state championship. I was at my school at Dugway and we just won the region football. And it was like the first time Dugway had ever won like anything. 
and I'm on the team basically, and I have a crew cut. And I, I looked in the, it, it reminded me of the Dead Poet Society where they look in and the pictures look back and you wonder what they're thinking. And I just said to myself, someday I'm gonna win a region and a state championship. I'm gonna at least win one before I die. So I was totally motivated by that. And you won 68 of them. If you can believe, you know, uh, and, and, and the thing is everybody, you know, I always get teased, especially by my brothers. Dave, you don't know what, how, you know what it's like to lose. I mean, you know, you, you beat us in the state championship, whatever, you don't know. And I said, guys, listen to me. I have 22 second place state trophies, 22. So I've lost the state title 22 times. It's still a state trophy and you get to put their names on for history, but I know what it's like not to win. Yeah. You've lost the state title more than probably any other coach ever competes for the state title. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a blessing if you can win one. Coaches go, I know coaches that are lifetime friends of mine that never um, played in the final four, never played in the championship game, never, never won a state, you know, and, and I feel bad, you know, because I know what it feels like, you know, but, um, and my brother upset me one year uh, for the state cross country championship. And um, he goes, Dave, it, it, it's unbelievable. And then I had another brother. In fact, one year we, I won the six, the five, a Eric won the four, a and Scott won the three, a all on the same day on the same track in cross country. And we did a victory lap together you know, with my son and stuff. And that was the coolest thing in the whole world to have all our teams and all of us get to, you know, talk to mom and dad and be happy, you know, um, it's because it's not fun to beat your brother. You know, in fact, the, 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 the headlines, because they played for the four weeks coming to where we're going to play for the state championship, possibly the Hull brothers are getting closer and closer. And finally it was on and I happened to win the game and the headlines were big brother spanks, little brother. <laughs> and I was so mad about that, you know, I'm going to, you know, so, you know, but there's nothing, I mean, obviously having a, a child is, and getting married and all that is way bigger, but as far as being in your sports world to win a state championship, yeah. and then everybody would ask, um, is it getting old? And you'd say, it's not old because they're all new faces and they have dreams. And there, when you get them when they're freshmen, their eyes are lit up like, hey, do we have a chance to win state? And, you know, and then when they win, you just sit back and go and smile because they're a state champion for life. And yeah. um, so, and, and I have crazy stories about that. But anyways, we'll move on. No, I, I want to hear stories, but I want to go back and talk about a point you made really quick. I think you made a really good point about having 22 second place trophies from the state championship. It reminds me of a, a quote about Michael Jordan or from Michael Jordan, where, you know, pe people always remember the game winning shots that he took and made and remembers the championships that he won. But in his quote, he talks about how many game winning shots he took that didn't go in and yeah, how many absolutely. games were lost because of that and how many games he lost and how many shots he missed. And he missed a lot of shots and he yeah, missed, missed a lot of shots that could have won a game. And he, because he missed the shot, he lost the game. And, but the interesting thing is nobody remembers him because of that. They remember him for the shots he made. And so, so often in life, we're afraid we're going to miss the shot. 
And so we don't take the shot. We don't take the risk. And if we don't take the shot, there's no way we can make the shot. And even the most successful people have missed a lot of shots. Absolutely. And it's just part of life. We, we've got to take the shot. We've got to take the risk. And we've got to understand we're going to miss it sometimes. But our life will then be defined by the shots we made. Tell me about some of your other great stories. What are some of your best stories from your coaching career? Um, I remember young when I was just at Mountain View and I was trying to build a cross-country program and I was in football and I went to the principal and I said, hey, you know, I'd like to take the cross-country program because actually I was probably might be the only guy that's ever run cross-country and played football at the college level. So, I mean, I, I'm a weird bird. Now, I wasn't great, but I did both of them. And the football guys would think I was crazy and the cross-country guys would think I was crazy because, you know, you're going to get your head knocked off. And I was only like 119 pounds and 5'7 playing college football. So um, wow, I, I, I had the love for both. And I, and I asked the principal, he said, Dave, you're going to be our next head football coach. And I said, I, I can help football. I can still help, but I cross country hasn't been to state, you know, there's like six kids out and I think I can build it, you know? And so he said, okay. So I stayed coaching football as a, as an offensive coordinator. And, and I did that because in track, uh, when I'm a head track coach, I wanted to get the lineman out. And so I would help the head football coach if he'd make sure to help me and get kids out for track. And anyways, I, um, uh, so I started cross country. I had six kids and I'm going, wow. And, and so I went down the halls and I recruited anybody with legs. I didn't care. You know, I, I, I recruited them and I saw a girl, skinny little girl walking down the hall, a long hall. And she was facing the, the lockers and she had glasses on. And, and, she, and, and I said, I got her name before. And I said, Hey, Lori. And she, she kind of jumped and she turns around and bless her heart. Her glasses were crooked. They weren't clean. She was shy as can be. And I said, Lori, have you ever thought about running cross country? Uh, no. And I said, you ought to come out just it's track season now, but come out. We'll get you in shape. And so she said, really? And so she came out shy as can be, got lapped in the two mile, got lapped to dead last in every single race she ran. But she started to work and track ended. And I said, here's what we're going to do. And I meet you guys every single day, except Sunday. I'm going to meet with you every day at 630 in the morning, my whole team. And and so they would come and Lori, Lori would do the workout. And then pretty soon, some of the girls are telling me, um, Lori is like running twice a day, coach. I go, no. So I asked Lori, Lori, what are you doing? She said, I just I believe in your workout. So I just I do it again at night. I go, holy, holy, Lori. So anyways, to make a long short story, she, um, she goes on to win the state championship later wow. in her career. And she becomes an All-American, leads us to the state and national championship. And the girls took her in, told, showed her how to, you know, put makeup on and, and turned her into a lady. And I thought it was the, her mom and dad would look at me and go, the change in Lori. And now she's confident. Now she's going to college. Now, you know, she speaks. She talks to people about, you know, overcoming, you know, uh, any kind of hurdle. And so that, to me, that's one of my favorite stories from rags to riches as far as you can, and, and everybody I talked to, I said, 
in every school, and I speak to schools and coaches and stuff, there's state champions in every single school. There's state championship teams in every single school. It's up to us to go find them. And, and, and I started with six. In my last year coaching cross country, I had 189. I was the largest uh, cross country team in the country. So I love that story. How does that apply to business and to entrepreneurs? So one, one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, as, as we lead our businesses, we have these members of our team that we have to find and help develop them and invite them to take on new responsibilities and, and stretch themselves and push themselves. And, and we then, by doing that, can find these diamonds in the rough that can be absolutely. our superstars. Yes, absolutely true. And, 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 and in coaching, like in, in, in um, business, you, you go out there and if I find a, a person and say, hey, I think I can help you become a state champion or be on a state champion team, then it becomes my responsibility to make that dream come true. If I hire somebody onto my team, it's my, it's my responsibility to teach them what they need to do to be successful, which makes us all successful. And so I, when I bring a, a, a child in and I talk to them and I, I make them, I want them to believe that I truly, truly believe in them, that they will be a, a major part of the team. And I mean that sincerely with, with everybody. Okay. If you have a hundred kids, I had 300 on my track team. If you have a hundred kids, do you know all their names? If you have three, do you all, all the names? When you recruited that person, you made them feel important, but then all of a sudden they're not as good. So you have to encourage them to become better. And then wherever they're at, you praise them. You give them a, something to look for the next day. Be 1% better to, today than you were yesterday. And, and you, it's up to us as leaders to motivate our team. To, to, and you, and you, you paint a picture. You paint a dream. Whatever it is, you know, whether it's going to win state or whether, whether we're going to make this much, this amount of money or they we're going to get these, this, this many accounts. You, you paint a picture and you set goals and you set weekly goals and monthly goals. And that's what I did with every one of my teams. What is your greatest secret of success as a coach? Well, <clears throat> I think all of my brothers, and, and this sounds crazy, but we're actually the winningest family. Uh, in in history, because I have brothers that have also won state, um, and and I have brothers that are this. My brother Eric just beat the number one team in, in, in that won the national championship in cross country, and he he's down in Southern Utah. How do you get people to come there? You know, it's so cold. But um, and then I got a brother that's the head coach at Utah Valley University, and 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 a nephew head coach at Idaho State, and and the th the thing is, is they people ask them. And, and they kind of take on that same thing because they were assistants of mine. My brother Scott started with me. And, and I would just say that they're really, I don't know if you can call it a secret, even though that's what everybody, and I've been asked that question, you know, so many times, but I think we learned it. I, I brought in my brothers because I think we learned it from my mom. My mom just said, um, we're going to go shopping or we're going to go to, you know, a place that's, you know, two hours away. And you and Mark, my older brother, are in charge of making sure things go smooth, you know. Um, and so 
and and we had to learn. I mean, we had to uh, to be in charge of of nine brothers and sisters, and they're taking a bath, and they're, they're three and four and five years old, and and they're one's going out the back door naked, the other one's going out the front door naked, and we're chasing them down the street, and and we're going insane. Go, mom, how do you do this? And, and you, you just get them and you say, okay, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, and, and always do it with love. Always show them that you love them and that you really, really care. That's why you're here. That's why you're working and trying to, and, and I think we took that um, to the next level. Um, when we coach those kids come in, I'll ask them, you, you, you know, if I know something's going wrong or, you know, mom might be sick or in the hospital. I try to get involved, even though a lot of times or nowadays you're not supposed to be involved in kids' lives and whatever. You know, if someone's having a hard time in school, I'll take a kid that I know um, is a straight A student on my team. And I'll say, you got Mikey, you get his help and get his grades up. And um, so we, we treated it as a family and that's, I treated my teams as a family. Everybody was part of the family. Everybody went to the nursing home. Everybody participated in cleaning, you know, the streets or going down the hall or whatever and picking up the trash. Everybody from the captains to me. I mean, I was there too. And I picked up trash or helped clean a yard up or whatever. And, but they also knew they laughed. Everybody, we loved each other. There was, I, I tried to stay away from any jealousy and, and you're going to get some because everybody wants to be the, on the seven. Now you got a 189 people and only seven boys and seven girls get to run in that championship race and then for the national championship. So you got to make the whole team still believe that they're important to you. So I spend time, the head person's got to spend time. You, you, you just can't post the workout and say, I'll see you tomorrow. You can't just say, I'm going to go with the uh, varsity. A lot of coaches, whatever, run with the varsity boys or girls and then leave the rest to fend for themselves. No, I, you, it, I would be there and touch every kid, pat them on the back. Good job. Good job. Good job. As they go out and come back from their runs, they knew I was going to be there, you know? Um, and so I think the secret is, first of all, is they know you love the sport. And you love them, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's Be because when they know we love them and they know we care about them, they're going to want to follow us much more. They're going to want to listen to what we have to say. Absolutely. Thank you so much, David, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, as David did, we should go after what we love and pursue it with everything we have. Number two, to succeed we must take risks. We miss all of the shots we don't take. Number three, there are champions on every team in every field. We must find them and help them become something great. Number four, the secret of success is love. Whatever we do, always do it with love. If we treat our teams with love, they will be more willing to listen to us and we will be more united. To learn more about David or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn, or check out his book, Sports Training Tips for Young Athletes. And there's links to these sites in the blog for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to take your digital monetization to the next level? You can get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers 
at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Do you need help with your digital monetization strategy? Then visit monetizationpartners.com to schedule a free consultation. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success as you coach your teams to success. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.